now, it's time for the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD. Welcome into the Tim Donnelly Show. Good morning. New week. It's a Monday. Go ahead and make it work for you. I'm Tim Donnelly. Right here inside the Mockadoo studio, bright and early on a Monday morning, alongside our producer, Lobro. Guests and callers join us on the Baker Team Hotline. That's 540-639-4900. Once again, the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. This weekend was awesome, everybody. Saturday, you go Hokies game, you go NFL game, you go NFL game, you wake up on Sunday, maybe get yourself some breakfast, go outside, you go NFL game, you go NFL game. What more could you ask for? What more could you ask for as a sports fan? Maybe uh, some boneless wings or something? <laughs> yeah. I did order I did order pizza and wings this weekend. Ooh, there you go. Wife was out of town, ordered pizza and wings for uh, the early game on Saturday, the, the Hokies game. Yeah. And and uh, by the time the last uh, NFL game was over, it, it had been like three full meals of pizza and wings <laughs> in the span of a couple hours. It was like, well, it's halftime. Better start eating again. Well, it's halftime. Better start eating again. Well, <laughs> hey, it's halftime. Better start eating again. Uh, no, seriously, if there was anything that some of you might have been looking for, it might have been a break, right? It might have been you had some chores to do. You had some some kids shuttling around to do. You had something that you had to do over the weekend. And because of that, you may have missed something from a great college uh, and, and, and pro sports weekend. And because of that, we do something every day called uh, Gotcha Covered, where we make sure any conversation you may find yourself in, uh, include, you can be included and, and you will have something to talk about. Here's Gotcha Covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. The biggest and baddest and scariest and most entertaining weekend of the NFL season is complete. And uh, we now have our conference championship set. Uh, You may not have been able to sit down and watch eight hours of, of NFL football, both Saturday and Sunday. So I did it for you. I took one for the team and I have talking points for you as well. The Niners beat the Vikings 27-10 to solidify the Niners as a Super Bowl contender. While everyone else wants to say, oh, the Niners, they bottled up uh, Dalvin Cook. The the Vikings couldn't get their run started. That's why they lost. No, 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 no. The reason you pay $84 million guaranteed to Kirk Cousins is so in that game, when the running game is bottled up, he's supposed to come forward and make the play, and he couldn't do that. Dalvin Cook goes nine carries, 18 yards, but it was Kirk. Kirk Cousins is the one that should take the brunt of the blame. Titans at Ravens, uh, and the Titans come away with another victory, 28-12. They've now beaten the Patriots on the road, and then they've beaten the Ravens, the number one seed, on the road. I have to stand corrected, and you just got to own this one because, because you couldn't see it coming. The Titans and Ryan Tannehill used the last five years to subvert your expectations. The Titans have stunk for a half a decade. Ryan Tannehill has stunk for half a decade. So, of course, right here, uh, whatever it was, week seven when Ryan Tannehill took over, both of them decided they were going to be different players, different teams, and it's crazy. Uh, you just got to own that one and say, ha, huh, I didn't see it coming. Texans, Chiefs. Texans jump out to a 24 to nothing lead. You should never, ever, ever in Everest ever 
lose when you have a 24 to nothing lead. You should never, ever, ever, and even more Everest ever lose by 20 when you started the game with a 24 to nothing lead. But that's exactly what the Texans did. 51-31 victory for the Chiefs. Yes, Mahomes is an alien. Yes, Kelsey's a beast. Yes, Andy Reid is a great play caller, but Bill O'Brien should have his job questioned based on how he handled that game. 24-0, your players put you in that situation. Your coaching decisions should be able to buoy you to a win with absolutely no drama. And lastly, the Packers hold on to beat the Seahawks 28-23. And let this be a lesson to you. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, the two leading candidates for the MVP, both not playing for a conference championship. It's almost like if you depend enough on one person for them to be important enough to win the MVP or be in the running, that doesn't bode well towards team success. It's better to be more balanced than it is to depend on uh, Russell Wilson the way that the Seahawks did because that was a very, very simple path towards the Packers bottling him up. Give Aaron Rodgers credit. He's older than everyone else and still doing it. Virginia Tech fans, listen up here. Your Virginia Tech Hokies basketball, led by Mike Young and redshirt freshman Landers Nolly. Landers Nolly. They're 3-2 and two in the ACC, coming off a double-digit victory over North Carolina State. Nolly goes for 29-7. Tyrese Radford goes for 18-9. They get 10 off the bench from Jalen Cohn. I have established my if-then stat, and I'm passing this along to you. You can use this in conversations, and you don't even have to cite me in a bibliography. Uh, you don't even have to give me credit. The if-then for the Hokies is if they get three different players in double-digit scoring, then they will beat anyone in the country. If they get three different players to score at least 10, then they can beat everyone from the top of the top to the bottom of the bottom. It is that simple. And this past weekend against North Carolina State, Landers Nolly, Tyrese Radford, Jalen Cohn, fulfill that promise. They get the, the double digits, three of them, they end up on top. Lastly, for the Hokies, Dalton Keene announced he is going pro since the last time we spoke. How about this, everybody? Fans of Hokies, you want your kids to go pro. You want them to go pro and to be draft picks and to be pro bowlers and to be starters because you can point to them as success of the program. And it's nice because the tight end room is already stacked, so, so you, you can genuinely say, Dalton Keene, good luck without worrying about what are we going to do with tight end? You have James Mitchell. You have Nick Gallo. You have some talented players behind them. Let them eat. And everybody, tonight, Clemson's taking on LSU in the national championship game. I hate to say this, but I kind of agree with Dabo Sweeney. Clemson's being overlooked. That is Gotcha Covered here on the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 1017-1035-1460 AM. I'm Tim Donnelly, joined here by producer Lobro here inside the Mockadoo studio. And, uh, and, and let's go ahead and, and start our trip through the NFL. You knew that, that, uh, you knew that this day was going to have to, to address the games that were played over this past weekend. And, and let's start on, uh, <laughs> let's start on, on, um, all right, we're good to go. Here we go. Ha having some, some problem with our headphones. So I'm just going to take them off. We're going to talk, we're going to talk football. Let's start with Saturday, game one. Niners 27, Vikings 10. 
Kirk is supposed to win that game. Kirk Cousins. Now, I know that Kirk Cousins in the first game of the playoffs, wild card weekend, was able to make some plays in overtime that made some people believe that he had uh, uh, exercised his his demons of not showing up in big games. But, but, but what I want to emphasize is when you get the kind of money the kind of investment, the kind of guaranteed cash that the Vikings gave Kirk Cousins, it's not okay to just occasionally disprove the theory. When you have that kind of investment, it comes with the expectation that you are going to be the one to drag your team further than than everyone else thought. Right when When Dalvin Cook has a really tough game, and the Niners' defense is selling out to stop the run, and Dalvin Cook has nine carries for 18 yards like he had on Saturday, everyone in that Vikings lineup is turning around and looking at, uh, looking at Kirk Cousins going, hey, Mr. $30 million guaranteed. Yeah, it's not easy out there. If it were easy, everyone would do it. If it were easy, we wouldn't have to pay you $84 million over three years guaranteed to do it. If it were easy. It's not easy. That's why you can charge so darn much. So go do it. And he couldn't. He couldn't make the plays like he made the previous week in overtime. He couldn't make the plays that that someone of his stature in this league is expected to make. I I use basketball as an example just because it's a little bit easier. Um... Here's, here's the basketball equivalent, right? If someone is making max contract money and, and you are down one with 10 seconds on the clock, you're not giving it to anyone other than that max contract guy. He's going to be the one with the ball in his hands. He's going to be the one to put the shot up, and, and he is going to be expected to make the right play, to get a good shot, to beat his man off the dribble, to set his man up and, and, and find an opening, to rise up. Kirk Cousins is expected to be the guy with the ball in his hands when the game is on the line and when the Niners were, were threatening to take that one over, right? Seven-point game in the third quarter, and they were threatening to to make it a couple-score lead. Kirk Cousins wasn't there to grab the ball, wave off the coach. He didn't have his Jimmy Chitwood in Hoosiers moment where in the huddle he's telling coach, give me the ball, I'll make the shot. And he needed to go Jimmy Chitwood. He needed to say, coach, I'll make it. Give me the ball. Instead, he's like, Hey, guys, could we get the run game going? My job becomes really difficult when Dalvin Cook isn't running for 100 yards, and and that shouldn't matter. The $30 million player should be able to open up things for everyone else. He shouldn't need everyone else to open things up for him. On the flip side of that coin, I'm still not convinced on Jimmy G. This was a game of disappointing returns from the quarterbacks. I'm still not convinced on Jimmy G. I've been saying he needs his quote-unquote Heisman moment of the NFL. He needs his moment where everything's on his shoulders and he comes through. The one moment where we all look around and go, oh, yeah, he's got it. And I'm not talking about it like he can be on GQ covers. I'm not talking about it like he could date celebrities. I'm talking about it like Aaron Rodgers. It like Tom Brady. It like... 
the inevitable feeling of giving him the ball with, with 80 seconds on the clock and 75 yards to go, and the defense is quaking in their boots. We haven't seen that from Jimmy G. At one point, Kyle Shanahan, the coach of the Niners, was so afraid of putting Jimmy G in that, in that situation that they ran the ball 12 consecutive times. It was good enough to beat the Vikings because Kirk Cousins was shrinking from the moment as well, but it won't be good enough to win the next two games in a Super Bowl. Jimmy G is going to have to have his moment, and he will get another opportunity to have his moment, and that would be coming up in the conference championship game. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're looking at Titans-Ravens, and it's not just a reaction to Titans-Ravens. It's also our Monday morning quarterback. Stick around. Your daily dose of adrenaline. Adrenaline shot here. The Tim Donnelly Show will be right back on WRAD. I'm I'm calling myself out. It's what I should have done. It's not what someone else should have done. I, Tim Donnelly, did something wrong. And when we do something wrong on this show, we own it. This is some like inception level thing it, here. It's, it's exactly. You're playing there's, Monday morning, morning quarterback for yourself. There's levels to this stuff. Whoa. Um, if you tuned in on Friday, even on Thursday, I was not nice to the Titans. I was not nice to the Titans. The Titans were going up against the Ravens, and I routinely said things like, this is the Titans and Ryan Tannehill. How is everyone getting confused by acting like they're a dark horse here? Turns out uh, the Titans and Ryan Tannehill were a dark horse. Borderline, not even dark horse. Borderline looked like the best team uh, against what was the best team in the NFL for the entirety of the game. And you know what it was? Do you know what I did? I, where I went wrong? I allowed myself to be lulled uh, by history. You look at the last five years, the Titans stink. You look at the last five years, Ryan Tannehill stinks. He couldn't even stick on as the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. They moved on from him to take a chance on Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's what the, the, the Dolphins did. Right? The, the Dolphins are paying a bunch of money for Ryan Tannehill to play for the Titans. And I allowed that to, to cloud my judgment. My, my entire history of following football uh, worked against me. The fact that I paid very close attention four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, is the reason why I was blinded. Is the reason why I was completely blinded. Right? Because if someone were to, to just have learned about football, right, this past offseason, they said, I am going to become a football fan. My sister-in-law and my future brother-in-law, they're engaged, uh, probably like 18 months ago, decided they were going to become huge Premier League soccer fans. They wanted some, some team to root for together, so they became Tottenham Hotspurs fans, and, and now they're all about it. They watch the games, they have gear, they, they cheer, they go to bars, they're having a great time. If someone did that for football, right, just said, I, I want a new sport that I want to follow, and they just watched this season, they would have known that Tennessee had a chance against Baltimore. I let my history cloud my vision. Right? Last five years, the last half a decade, what has been the dominating force in offensive football? 
throwing the ball. Quarterbacks, receivers, pass-catching tight ends. What do the Titans do? They run. They give it to Derrick Henry, who looks like a created player in Madden. Right? Looks like what you create, not even a created player in Madden, because if I were to create a player now, I'd make him like 5'11", 210 as a running back. But when you're a kid, the first thing you do is he's like 6'5", 250, 4'340", and you just make him, you make Derrick Henry, essentially is what you do. He's Larry Johnson from back in the day. If you guys remember Larry Johnson from the Chiefs, right? 30 carries plus, 150 yards plus, going to beat you up, beat you up, beat you up, get better as the game goes along. When everyone else gets tired, he's going to get better. That's what Derrick Henry does. Only the difference is defenses are no longer designed to stop players like Larry Johnson and Derrick Henry. Back in the day, Larry Johnson would run over everyone, 34 carries a game, would, would run for 1,600 yards, 1,700 yards uh, in the regular season. Then he would get to the playoffs where all of the best defenses were built to stop players like him. Big, run-stuffing defensive tackles, 260-pound linebackers that lowered a boom, safeties that could come down into the box. Nowadays, because of the last five years, you have – undersized defensive linemen, you have 220-pound linebackers, you have safeties that are essentially cover guys, nickel cornerbacks, and Derrick Henry or Larry Johnson or the next guy will run over them. So what I should have done was zoom out, look at the big picture, instead of zooming in and saying this wouldn't have worked uh, in recent times. What I should have said is, This wouldn't have worked in recent times, but now defenses are adjusting to recent times, and old school is going to have a chance to win. So so the Titans blew up the Ravens, right? Lamar Jackson played well-ish, and it wasn't enough. The Titans have a formula that no one is prepared to stop, and it's not innovative. It's actually retro. right? It's, It's when Bruno Mars puts out a song that sounds exactly like a James Brown hit, And everyone's like, whoa, this is new. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not new. It's funk. It was famous in the 70s, and everyone loved it. And I don't know why we are surprised that that everyone wouldn't love something that was universally beloved before. We're still humans. We still like beats. We still like to get funky. We still like running backs that are 250 pounds and will run you over. Some things just don't change. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the next game on the docket, Texans Chiefs, might have been the best game of the weekend. Stick around. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly show. I don't know how you can't get down with that. Like, that's awesome. Well, do you, no, you, do you can. Even, but do you even know who sings that? Dr. Dre and Tupac. Hey. And there's someone else, too. I think it's like Roger or something like that, right? I, I doubt there's a guy named Roger <laughs> that was hanging out with Dr. Dre and Tupac. Dr. Dre, Tupac, that's Roger. Uh, <laughs> he's the guy that we don't talk about. Uh, he's just he, someone, you know, we put his name on the reservations. Um, <laughs> he won a contest to be credited in the song. <laughs> uh, Texans Chiefs. This is the game. This is the game where if you were watching, uh, you're, you're texting your friends going, pick up the remote, stop watching another replay of The Office, and, and focus in on this game. The Chiefs, I believe, are, are the favorite to win the Super Bowl from this point going forward. And I thought that going into the game against the Texans, the way that the, the 
uh, previous games on Saturday broke down with the Ravens losing. Uh, I thought the Chiefs were the favorites. So it blew my mind. That's what it sounded like. My mind was blown when the Texans jumped out to a 24 to nothing lead. Because in the NFL, in football in general, if you jump out to a 24 to nothing lead and you have a coach who's, whose brain is screwed on correctly, the game is over. Call a conservative game, let the clock wind down, punt when you should, emphasize ball security, tell your guys, I'd rather have you get three less yards on a kick return than, than put the ball at risk at all. I'd rather have you take the, the touchback than have you bring it out. You're up 24 to nothing. That is three scores at least. I would love to see before and after pictures of Texans fans when they were in the lead by 24. Yeah, before the game when they're up 24 and then – Then they lose by four. By by the time it was halftime, they had lost the lead. That's crazy. By the t- It's enough of a lead that you should be able to, to li- live out the game. You should be able to, to just outlast them over the entirety of the game. By halftime, they had lost the lead. They were using fake punts. They were being reckless on special teams. There were terrible calls by the coaching staff. Bill O'Brien should have his name attached to that loss. Right? Uh, I, I say this often. Right? There's a difference between winning a game and being on a team that won. There's a difference between winning a championship and being on a team that won a championship. Michael Jordan won six championships. Robert Ory was on seven NBA teams that won championships. There's a difference. And I think a lot of that is true in the NFL, right? Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson didn't lose the game for the, the Ravens. He played well. He threw for a bunch of yards. He ran for a bunch of yards. He was on a team that lost, but he didn't lose the game. There are coaches that lose games, and then there are coaches that did everything they could but were coaching a team that lost because they didn't have the personnel to keep up with their opponent. This is a game that Bill O'Brien lost. It was in his control, and he lost it. So much so that I would legit consider going in another direction if I were the Houston Texans. Bill O'Brien's type of coach, he'll land somewhere else, right? He just made it to the divisional round. Somebody will give him a chance, if not this year, next year. Maybe he wants to go back to college where he had some very, very, very unexpected success at Penn State. But but I would consider changing it up just because this Houston Texans team obviously has a window they traded away two first-round picks uh, for an offensive lineman, so they don't have the opportunity to get better through the draft. Uh, one way they could shake things up is is shaking up the, the head coaching position. On the flip side, right? That's the Texans. That's what the Texans have going on. 24 nothing lead, and you lose. It's on the coach. Chiefs, on the other hand... <laughs> What was it, 48 unanswered, seven consecutive drives with a touchdown? What do we say about Patrick Mahomes? The dude is an alien. Not of this world. He's not, he's he's superhuman. The things that he does should not be humanly possible. 
And it's not just his otherworldly arm strength. There were multiple moments last night or yesterday when I was watching the game thinking he's the next evolution of Aaron Rodgers. He is the perfect amount of mobile. At one point in the game, this is a 100% true statistic. At one point in the game, when the Chiefs were in the middle of their feverish comeback, where everything was breaking their way, the Chiefs had one yard rushing from anyone not named Patrick Mahomes and 55 yards rushing from Patrick Mahomes. And his running ability is the second most impressive thing he has. Maybe third. Arm strength, improvisation, then his mobility. He had 54 yards more yards rushing than the running backs had on his team. Hmm. And you don't think of him as a mobile quarterback. And all he was doing was getting outside the pocket, running with the ball in, out in his, his one hand, not even having to tuck it because no one was around him, scooting up the sideline, stepping out before he got hit. It was great, great football. The thing that, that Patrick Mahomes does as an alien is he makes it so whatever you give him, he has the ability to take. Let me explain. A defense can't cover everything, right? If they could, they would. But you can't take away the deep ball, the intermediate, the the passing, the quick game, the running. You can't take away everything, right? So what you do is you take over, uh, you take away, say, five-sixths of it on each play and hope that the offense can't find the one-sixth that is left open. Patrick Mahomes can find the one-sixth every single play. You don't contain the way you should, he'll run for it. You leave a deep ball open, he can throw it literally anywhere on the field, from 80 yards away all the way down. It's like he's a robot. Like he just has like, like a Terminator. He's, he's yes and no. He's, he's a robot in that he can throw it as far as like you would expect a robot to be able to throw it with, with power and accuracy and all that. But he's not a robot in that he can, he can improvise, right? A robot can't, can't be fluid. I'm talking about in the sense of being able to have all of your like options and everything. Like you know, when you see through the Terminator vision, you see all these different like, you can go this way, this way, like this target here, this target here. You know? Can you make that sound again? <laughs> the, like which one though? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, he he's an alien, and and I say that in the most respectful, most complimentary way possible is the highest 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 uh compliment i could give to an athlete is saying you are an alien um and he is and and, and travis kelsey tyreek hill Nicole hardman sammy watkins blake bell damian williams they have their options but it, his ability to just take whatever the defense is giving him over and over and over and over again, has to be the most frustrating thing on the planet for a defense. They're like, take away the deep ball. He's got a cannon. They're like, okay, fine. Then he's hitting crossers. All right, take away the deep ball and the crossers. Then he's like, okay, I'll hit the screen game. Okay, take away the the deep ball, the crossers, the screen game. He's like, I got tight ends all over the place. All right, take away the deep ball, the crossers, the screen game, the tight ends. He's like, all right, I'll run for a first down. And then they're like, ah, okay, well, uh, leave the deep ball open, take away the crossers, the screen game, the tight ends, and the running. He's throwing for touchdowns. I'm, in, I'm excited to see what he can do in his next game. We're going to take a break. When we come back, last game of the weekend on the NFL side of things, Packers, Seahawks, close game, 
MVP candidates, Aaron Rodgers, the old guard, holding it down. Father strength. You know what father strength is? It's like when something's going to happen to your kid, it's like you end up growing like insane. It's the opposite. Or no? It's the opposite. What's- father strength is when your your son tries to to step to you. It doesn't matter if your son is bigger, stronger, faster, more youthful than the dad. The father's going to win that fight. I was thinking of it in terms of, you know, when you're in the car with your mom or something and the, she hits the brakes and all of a sudden she's got like the no, 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 Superman no. strength. That, that's, that's mother strength where, where you hear of the mothers that like, a, you know, a, a car is resting on their child's leg and suddenly the, the, you know, this nice little lady can lift a car off of their kid and, and move it. That, that's mom strength. That's a different thing. Dad's strength is you might be a better basketball player than me. You might play basketball every single day, but if we play one-on-one in the, in the driveway, you aren't going to beat me. And that's what Aaron Rodgers said yesterday. Stick around. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD. 101.7, 103.5, a.m. Bright and early on a Monday morning. Thanks for waking up with us on the WRAD Radio Network. We are live inside the Mockadoo studio. Guests and callers join us. Uh, the Baker Team Hotline. Appreciate Lobro for getting us stopped up and corrected there. It is the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. We really appreciate Luis Baker uh, and, and her team over at Long and Foster, uh, Marshall and Rhonda. 30 years of experience right here in the area. Check out their, uh, their listings if you're looking to buy a house or similars. Look for comps if you're looking to sell a property on nrvhomes.com. That's nrvhomes.com. The Baker team over at Long and Foster really appreciate them. It's the Baker team hotline. And you know what's crazy? Like we are like insane creatures of habit. Like I'm still writing 2019 on things. Do you know what? It's I've, so frustrating to I, me. I give myself a lot of credit for the first like week of not writing 2019. Do you know what I've now learned I can do? Write 2019. Turn a one into a two. By putting like it just looks like a leaning two. Like I write the one and then go, oh man. Because I'm writing 19. And then I put a little cap on top of the one and then a tail. And it just looks like a leaning number two. So no like, one knows that I messed up from, from like 19 a, to 20. Like a number two from kindergarten when you have to write your numbers over and over again exactly. on your notebook paper. My, my, they're, they're leaning pretty hard. But at least it looks like a two. So I, that's basically what I've taught myself on that. As long as it's legible. Uh, yeah. And to be honest with you, most things I, I date aren't that important. Right. So it's like, nah, you know what? If it said 19, who cares? Um, Packers, Seahawks, 28-23, Packers get the win. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did what I was saying earlier Kirk Cousins couldn't do. When they needed to make a throw, he made a throw. Right when you're up five and there's two minutes left in the game, two minutes and 15 seconds left in the game, and everything is on you, uh, Aaron Rodgers showed why he's Aaron Rodgers, right? Feet not perfect, not aimed in the right direction, Slings it over the top, all arm, absolute dime uh, of a pass to Devontae Adams to get the first down. Couple of plays later, third down and nine. Hits Jimmy Graham on a crosser. They get nine yards and, and three inches for the first down. Those plays are the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and, and the, the clutch quarterbacks that we put in the, the pantheon of all-time greats and everyone else, Right? Jameis Winston Winston can throw for 450 yards and four touchdowns in a regular season game. 
There's a lot of a, a lot of NFL quarterbacks that have individual games that are as good, as bright, as star-driven as anything that anyone has ever done. The thing that separates the all-time greats from the Jameis Winstons is that throw. Devontae Adams over the shoulder on third down. Jimmy Graham on a cross on third down. Now, now that's why the Packers are who they are, right? They have Aaron Jones. They have Devontae Adams. They have Aaron Rodgers. There's enough going on there that you can't focus in on any one person, and as soon as you you turn your head away from one, Aaron Rodgers is going to take advantage of the other. On the other side, there's there's the Seattle Seahawks. And part of this is in their control. Part of this is not. Rashad Penny gets hurt. Their other running back who I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on, starts with a C, gets hurt. And suddenly, uh, they have a different level of, of, of worry. And they're depending too much on Russell Wilson. I said this in the, the Gotcha Covered segment, but I don't think it's a coincidence that Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers were far and away the MVP favorites, with Lamar Jackson being far and away the MVP favorite and Russell Wilson being in second. And, and neither of them will be playing for a conference championship. And the reason I say that I'm not surprised is because there is probably some logic in the fact that if you depend on one player enough to let them be as buzzworthy as a candidate needs to be to legitimately be in the MVP race, you are probably depending on them too much. Do you know who is the last player to win the Most Valuable Player Award and the Super Bowl in the same season? Kurt Warner. Who? You probably recognize him. He's in uh, commercials now. He's a Hall of Famer. He's, he's uh, a broadcaster, right? Back from the greatest show on turf with the St. Louis Rams. They're not even the St. Louis Rams anymore. They're the Los Angeles Rams. So this was a long time ago. Long, that's the last time. I, I want to say it was either 99 or 2000. Wow. That's the last time a most valuable player of the league also won the Super Bowl. So so think about that. There's probably some logic in that if Russell Wilson is a legit MVP candidate, it is difficult for the Seahawks to win in the playoffs because the other team's going, okay, that's what they have. Just this guy. It's not, it may not even be just this guy. It's, it's they choose to use him enough that he's drawn all this national attention. And if he's being used that much, then we know where to focus. Lamar Jackson is the MVP. He is. During the regular season, Lamar Jackson proved and earned his right to be the MVP. But that also made them vulnerable in the playoffs to a team like the Titans who had a defensive-minded head coach. Right, And there's two ways to tackle that. You either take away the, the MVP, or you can say, that's all they got. Let's take away everything else. Let him get his bunch. You see that in the NBA a lot. right? Let LeBron score 40. If everyone else scores 30, we held him to 70. That's playing, one. Playing the trumpet over there? That's one. Hey, that's just a good point. Good point noise. Ding. My, my, my point is real simple. The MVP is very rarely the Super Bowl MVP. I'd rather be a great player than be a great player and MVP when heading into the playoffs. 
I'll, I'll equate it to the national championship, which is happening tonight. Joe Burrow won the Heisman. Trevor Lawrence is the best player in the country. And has the best hair in the country. There's a, there's a preview for what we'll be talking about a little bit later in the show. When we come back, though, it's Hokie Hour. Stick around.